Sometimes you cuck and sometimes you get cucked. (laughs) So (laughs) said it. Kind of a cuck or be cucked world out there. One of the many (laughs) mottos of our podcast. Welcome to Tunnel Talk, a no facts, all feelings wrestling podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Ann. And I'm Leah. And we're back. We're back from break. <laughs> we're back like the dinosaurs. We're back like Christian Cage. I heard a <laughs> lot of feedback that people wished that I had uploaded a solo pod. Again, and you, you know ha- what? You had the ability. People, and you were strongly people, encouraged say, to do soon. it. Nobody soon. stopped you. <laughs> to to Carla said, please. Nobody do stopped that. her. <laughs> She was pe- her. She was her only enemy in this endeavor. <laughs> it's pretty good to refuse to do something and then be like, "I was so oppressed, I couldn't do it." <laughs> I think it's actually pretty classic. I mean, that's American <laughs> politics, baby. That's right. And Leah is from from one of the great hearts of our nation, Boston, Boston, Mass. Yeah, the great historic hearts, don't you think? Yeah. She kind of embodies the spirit of throwing tea in the what harbor, is, I think. What is your vibe right now? Like, you're not there. Or you don't want me to say you're there. No, I was going to try to argue and be like, no, Boston's not political. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it was. It was. It is. Yeah. Could we move past that tea Fine. stuff, Allie? You can't hold that tea it's, stuff against us. It's not D.C. I'm not from D.C. I never said you were. I thought you were going to be like, I'm from Connecticut, which actually is not, does not feel like a very political state. Not, I actually well, put in off Connecticut. Way. I don't really, cl- I don't claim Connecticut. Don't I put that well, you do when certain yeah. people get involved. Yeah, prefer Mercedes wrestlers. Martinez, sure. But yeah, in all other <laughs> respects. Yeah. I would move back to Connecticut for Mercedes Martinez. Oh, okay. well, I'm, I'll, I'll let it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, we're back proved we were back as much as I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was pretty us. Uh, we had a great few weeks off. Anne and I were traveling, uh, and this week you got to go to the episode of Dynamite, the the first episode of Dynamite in yeah. Kentucky. First True one in Kentucky. Yeah. First episode of Dynamite that I've actually ever been to because I've just been to the pay-per-view otherwise. So yeah, it was kind of a terrible week for me to be at it because I got back from Seattle like on the weekend and I'm still pretty jet lagged. And then I'm a consultant and I started a new contract on Monday, so which is very tiring. And they're on the West Coast. So like the schedule is very weird. So anyway, I was very frazzled, um, but made it down to Lexington and, and had a good time at the show. So yeah. How did you think overall the Kentucky crowd did compared to those, I almost I, said blastered, those great <laughs> West Coast crowds? <laughs> well, I don't know. I wanted to ask you guys how it seemed on TV because like I was pretty stressed. I was like, the crowd has to do a good job because we need them to come <laughs> back. So like, it's really important to everybody that we do a good job here. So yeah, I I, people were pretty into it. Like um, Jeff thought I we thought the show like the doors open at seven but actually like the dark matches started at seven so we got there at 702 or something and we thought we'd be like the first people there but we were like the last people there (laughs) like it was packed and we were on the floor like in the fourth row and the usher had to take us down and people were in our seats and they had to get moved and it was like a whole thing but um yeah people were like there at the beginning most I would say like 90% of people stayed for Rampage. So yeah. Wow. Pretty into it. That's good. That's a good number. Yeah. Because you in my shows, everyone bounces for the room. Well, Rampage <laughs> has been really bad, but like everyone's yeah. like, I'm gonna save for that. Yeah. This episode of Rampage was like a much better card for me than the dynamite card right. was. So it was it was fun. Tony, you got it, you got them their content that they needed. Yeah. Well, there throughout- was that a dark period when they announced the rampage matches and they had not announced the best friends match. And my mood really took a, took a deep dive into the basement, no. but, um, you know, the really best friends you. got surprised. <laughs> they came, their say, music hit. Yeah. Did she say I was really worried for you? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, it was either that, or I also heard that was really weird for you. And it was like, yes, <laughs> I mean, that's it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
that was weird for you. I was sitting there waiting for the rampage uh, announcement, and then I watched it, and I just was like, fully like, oh no, poor (laughs) poor Justin. I was sitting there in my best friend shirt, like hoping and praying. Actually, like when the best friend's music hit, I don't like a cameraman had come out right on me. I don't think the light was on, so I don't think I'm actually going to be there. But I was like, oh, he found someone in a best friend shirt and was like, we're just going to like stare at her for this whole entrance. So wow, times. So I was like, well, I'm I'm being really animated. So. <laughs> you put on your star persona. That's right. Yep. I can't Personal wait to find out if you made the cut. I know. I know. know. I will lose my shit tomorrow when we're It'll watching. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't want to bring the mood down, but we are going to start out tonight just by talking about, obviously it's been a pretty weird and sad couple of weeks at AEW because of the news a couple of weeks ago that Jay Briscoe was killed in a car accident in Delaware. And uh, the Briscoe brothers, obviously a huge part of Ring of Honor for a long time, had really deep ties to a lot of members of the re- the, re- the wrestling community, the wrestlers on the roster, et cetera. So it's been weird, I would say. Um, and one of the weird things going on has been that, um, it wasn't really clear. So the Briscoes had been banned from being on AEW or like, this is according to the dirt sheets. They'd been banned from being on AEW, uh, because of stuff from their past, which many other wrestlers have said, like they were really good guys. They worked really hard to, uh, kind of like learn and grow over the years. And, um, yeah, so it, but it didn't seem like we weren't sure if they were going to be able to do anything on uh TNT TBS to honor Jay Briscoe. So this week they did manage to uh apparently get uh Warner Brothers Discovery to agree to let Mark Briscoe wrestle on the show. Uh so the main event like obviously had not been planned that far ahead of time, but the main event for Dynamite this week was Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal, another longtime friend of the of the Briscoes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think I don't know how much we have to say about that. It's just obviously it's impacted like a lot of what was going on on the show and like how the the roster clearly was like pretty upset, uh, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's obviously just been kind of a hard week for the whole wrestling community. Yeah. I don't think that like the three of us really can weigh in too much just because I don't think any of the three of us have ever watched the Briscoes no. wrestle. And so we have no context, but you know, it's impossible not to like pay attention to how it influences the people that we do know, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, it seemed a lot like, you know, BTE was had really sad moments where people seemed really upset and listening to Wrestling Observer. Dave Meltzer was absolutely rip shit that they weren't going to let him yeah. them do a tribute. Yeah. And it, he seemed to think, and I, I think it's possibly incredibly true that it, they needed to do a tribute, not just for like fans of the Briscoes, but like for the locker room, like yeah. the locker room needed it more than anything. And so I'm glad, I'm really glad that they got to do it. Even though like, you know, I didn't know this man, I didn't know his, his wrestling ability, but he clearly made a huge impact on a lot of people that I do love. So I was very happy to let him be honored. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice to see just, um, you know, everybody out there just expressing their, uh, like love for him basically and getting to see people just have, I think seeing wrestle men like crying or having you know those more tender emotions is just nice to um have out there i think so yeah it was the classic dichotomy of wrestling where the men got to come out and show their emotions by crying and the men also got to show their emotions by coming out and beating each other up and i it's like clearly what they need and how they process stuff and it was honestly it was a really good match and i'm glad that Mark Briscoe got it and I'm glad that Jay Lethal got it. It sounds like he was pretty uh ripped up beforehand. Yeah. Did you guys did you guys see his entrance at all on we TV? We saw his or? entrance, yeah. but we didn't see when he got down to the ring. Okay. Yeah, because like um I guess he came in and then um it must have been commercial break or something, because there was probably like like three or four minutes where he was just kind of 
pacing around the ring, but he was before it started just like a complete mess in tears, yeah. which I really, you know, don't have very strong feelings about Jay Lethal one way or the other, but it was really, really sweet to see. But it was just like, I was getting worried that he wasn't going to be able to like pull it together to wrestle. Like the ring announcer came over and the ROH ring announcer came over and like gave him a hug and then mm-hmm. like went and got him tissues and brought them up there. Cause it was just like, he was just kind of couldn't sure. get it together, yeah. which was really sweet. I think that's why they didn't, like announce the best friends match until like yeah it was time because I think like they wanted to make sure that Jay Lethal like wanted to wrestle you know mm-hmm. yeah and, and it would have made makes sense. sense if he did not want to so <laughs> but yeah. yeah so but we we haven't seen that match yet but I'm glad that you got to see best friends I'm mm-hmm. glad the roster yeah. got to come out for Jay Briscoe. And um, yeah, but that's obviously something that's been going on over the past few weeks that's kind of hung over everything else that's happening. And I think like probably logistically impacted a number of things, not to be mm-hmm. crass, but uh, definitely like something that has been going on behind the scenes. Okay, let's talk about, uh, you want to talk about the the best friends and lethal storyline? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... While we were out, Orange Cassidy fought Jay Lethal for the All-Atlantic belt and won. He was accompanied to the ring only by Danhausen. So Greg and Dustin were on the floor with the fans with popcorn and beer watching the match. And before the match, I didn't understand why this happened. (laughs) There's like a lot of stuff in this explanation that I'm like, I don't know why it happened. And actually through this whole (laughs) schedule, because I'm pretty confused this week, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, So before the match, it was announced that if anyone from Lethal's faction laid hands on OC... You love to hear it. Uh, Sanjay Dutt would be fired. That's the funniest <laughs> stipulation. I'm sorry. It's so funny. If anybody messes up, the whipping boy gets hit. Like, that's funny. It, I'm like, kind of implies... not tell me that Jay Lethal cares if Sanjay Dutt gets hit. Yeah, I mean, they like, like their friends. I know they're friends. Okay. It really implies that, like, to Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh, like, Sanjay Dutt getting fired <laughs> is the worst punishment that could happen to any of them, you know, which is just, it's interesting. It, it would add some emotional layers to that faction i think if they really oh dove into that and i wish they would god bless i actually uh, Sanjay Dutt was very like so we were on the floor and really close and i was like man and you know my favorite part of the show was just getting like so like seeing the heels and getting heel interaction that's so funny and then i was like it's because you were seated by the heel corner of the ring you oh dumbass. yeah <laughs> like it's why it hit me i realized that today. i'm very tired i got like no sleep last night but um can, can i tell you something you're not gonna like to hear mm. I didn't know there was a heel corner. <laughs> I really never noticed that the heels were always in the same corner. <laughs> Should we cut that? No, I love it. I think it's no. good. No. Um, uh, could you like make that the cold open? Actually? Just put it right in there. Yeah. I don't love that for me. I don't love that for me. You know, I am not a detail-oriented person. <laughs> That's all I can say for myself. But uh, so apparently, I really had to, I remembered some of this, but apparently there were some filming difficulties too. So this match culminated in, in Dustin dumping his popcorn on uh, like Lethal's crew. And then there was a whole thing with Jeff Jarrett and his air guitar, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fine. Okay. So then they had their follow-up match on Rampage that we haven't seen yet. But OC won. OC won against Jay Lethal. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Orange Cassidy beat Jay Lethal. He's our beautiful boy. He can read and he can fight. And he beat Jay Lethal. <laughs> Let's talk about, are the best friends in Orange Cassidy in a fight anymore? Or is that over? What do you think? I I literally couldn't tell. Like, I think our group chat was having an argument where they were like, we didn't well, know. maybe it's because like, Trent and Chuck were in the crowd, but not ringside. So they're like keeping his distance. Distance. That's the (laughs) thing that I just invented. Love it. Keep your distance. Beautiful. Tuck that away for something. I think right now the feud is in a Schrodinger's box where we cannot know whether that or that is dead or alive, that tension. And it could be completely dropped or it could be like a team Taz is fine thing. And like, they're still doing tension next week. It's just impossible for us to know. <laughs> Got to open I, that box. You know, I guess it's like, I can't think back and remember what team Taz actually did, but I think they did a slightly better job of maintaining <laughs> that tension did. in the yeah. moments where it wasn't like at the floor, <laughs> but it was still. <laughs> and because... I would say like, 
a big part of that was Taz intoning into the mics <laughs> while staring into the camera. Team Taz is fine. Well, we put Ri- one of them on commentary occasionally yes. to just say some stuff. Yeah. About and Ricky Starks is such a full-time bitch that it's like, you can always see when he's yeah. like, no, we're not fucking fine. That's true. Um, Quick poll. Quick poll. <laughs> if you had to put somebody on commentary, which one are you putting on commentary? Dustin. <laughs> Dustin immediately. <laughs> Dustin immediately. Because you think he'd do the best job or because he's your favorite? Both. I if if you want someone to say stuff that makes you think mm, the vibes are off in this group, <laughs> yes, I would put Dustin on commentary. It's true. Yeah, I'm not a fool. I watched the man stream. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay, well, we don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, did you feel? Don't give us any spoilers. Did you feel like there was storyline stuff along these lines on Rampage or no? Not very much. There was, this isn't that much as a spoiler. So they were doing a trios match and, but the trio was not Dustin, Greg and OC. It was Dustin, Greg and Danhausen, but OC was supporting them ringside. So yeah. So it's like, that could be tension or it could be nothing. I said this morning in the car, as we were driving back, I I was like, I was like, oh, Jeff, maybe maybe they are still having tension because like OC wasn't tagging with them and it was Danhausen and he was like, or maybe he's just tired because he's had to wrestle all the time and he needed a break because <laughs> he's old now. I was like, <laughs> well, if you want to get whatever about it, sure. <laughs> somebody send this, somebody send this you to make a good point. He's old now. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, um, let me just, just the, just the briefest answer before we move on. Did their bodies look good? Their bodies look good, and Dustin got big moments. Um, like he got to do a lot of stuff in the match. He got to do stuff. Ooh, yeah, he, he got actually to do wrestled. Stuff. He actually wrestled quite a bit, and he wow. got, I would say, the most wrestling stuff done. And there were me- several Chuck E. Cheese chants, of which I started one. So good, good work, Ann. <gasps> and good. you're an ally. Yeah. To, to, to Chuck Taylor, <laughs> I was here to boost his self esteem. The crowd wants to see you wrestle. Please, please do it. Yeah. <laughs> Please, it's your job. <laughs> I know we all don't want to do our jobs, but it was really the crowd's energy got a little, pretty low. Like I don't know. I think the energy, the Briscoe match was was like really good and important, but I do think it made the energy like a little bit weird. And then um, Hangman and Yuta wrestled first in Rampage, and the energy still felt pretty low. But when Best Friends came out, people like flipped out. I mean, I flipped out. Maybe it was just my energy, but I do think the crowd really perked up. So I, I, I believe you. I believe I also believe you, but it's so funny to pe- picture you being like everybody, Justin, <laughs> everybody, the whole <laughs> arena. <crowd. Yeah>. <laughs> <Nuts>. <laughs> uh, we have we have our Dustin goggles on at all times, <laughs> and he wishes we would take them off. <laughs> he says, "Please stop Trying paying attention so to me." Hard. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the acclaimed. So last week while we were out, the acclaims. Okay, okay, this I actually really need to discuss this. The acclaimed pantsed the guns. Mm-hmm. Would you ever describe that as a shanking? No, no shanking is when you stab somebody. Yes, yeah, that's what I agree to. Jail. But both yeah. of my both of my friends from North Carolina said that that, mm. that they would call that a shanking. That are you got shanked. Is it regional? Did they both? That's are they both what I said. But, from North Carolina. Yeah, they're both originally from North Carolina. Oh. I think it's a regionalism, which is what I said. But their vibe to me was like you're just <laughs> dumb and you don't know. <laughs> So I'm glad that you agree. Okay, so mm-hmm. the the acclaimed the guns got shanked or pantsed, uh, depending on where you live, and uh, they got their butts shoved into concrete. So funny, so good. <laughs> and then this week they had family therapy with Billy Gunn and uh, the acclaimed, the acclaimed guns and Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Uh, I would like to say that I said that Colton Gunn was looking beautiful and that I was paying attention. Yeah. And I was roundly made fun of in the group chat. Well, but actually, several actually I agreed later, with you at first because I thought you meant Austin Gunn. <laughs> but then when I found out who you meant, I said, huh, hmm. Wow. And I was, we won't judgmental. be doing that. And then a couple hours later, our friend Anne slid in and said, by the way, Lydia, I agree with you. So right. you, I did. you like Colton. I like both of them. I think both guns are looking very hot lately. Very That's sexy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Austin's looking really good. I think Colston, Colston, I think Colston <laughs> gun is a goof. <laughs> oh, and you're, you've never been attracted to a goof. I do like, I do like a goof. Of but... course he's a goof. That's why he's attractive. Comedy. Well, core you value. know, 
to a point. Comedy is a core value and it's so important. Colton, if he if he got rid of that thing on his head, he'd be in with a fight. No, chance. it's important. It's not it's to me. It's important. comedy. Mm-hmm. To, mm, not to me. It's not. And no, but <laughs> now that they're wearing those gray sweatpants all the time, it's just, it's taking them to a next level, I yeah. think, in terms of sexiness. They're dirtbag hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. I can't disagree <laughs> with you about the vibe they're going for. I think we're just attracted to different guns, but that's good because you guys can fight over Colton and Austin <laughs> is And I think our listeners are going to love this turn for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I loved this segment. They are so funny. I mean, they're for those so of funny. us who like a laugh, this mm-hmm. is exactly what you were looking for, but with a little under layer of pathos where I have to yeah, say, you kind, you kind of come out of it thinking the guns maybe are right to be mad. At yeah. Their <laughs> the serious yeah. ones in which they delivered their real complaints where they yeah. were like, our father abandoned us, like neglected us, neglected went us. on the road. Our father yeah. chose other we people parented. over us. And then for Anthony Bowens to be like, sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think you're whiny little bitches. Like after they were like, our father was on the road 340 days a year. It's just like, yeah. You know, wow. All right. <laughs> this is a, this is unrelated to that, but I actually do think it's kind of sweet. I mean, I hadn't thought about it that much before, but that Anthony Bowens does so much of the talking for them, mm. even though Max does the rapping and Max did a little, uh, talking segment in this interview. And I thought, you're a little nervous. Yeah. You're a little nervous yeah, right. about it. But Anthony yeah. Bowens is a really good, like, he's just you, like, yeah. I can it's tell. All he's YouTube-ing. a good extemporaneous speaker. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's because of his beautiful blo- vlogger boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was going to be an in-ring segment. And when it w- came up that it was, like, pre-taped, there was real audible disappointment around me in the in the arena there that we weren't going to get to see the acclaimed. We, didn't get, we weren't going to get a rap. We weren't going to see the guns. So, you know, there are acclaimed shirts everywhere in there. It's amazing. Good for good for them. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> there was a little kid, like a little girl around seven years old, who was wearing an "Ooh, Scissor Me, Daddy" shirt and screamed at the wrestlers all night. <laughs> she was yelling at Sanjay Dutt that he was short <laughs> for like ten minutes. Good brutal. for her. Yeah. Wow. Um. Any broad thoughts about where you think we're going with the acclaimed Gun Club Billy Gun uh, situation? I assume we're headed towards like a nut, like the guns versus the acclaimed too. But like, I'd be fine with that because that dumpster match was pretty fun. So, yeah. oh, right. The dumpster. I was sitting here that being like, really I can't fun. remember when they fought, but yes, that was fun. And yeah. honestly, like, they're giving like a fair amount of emotional resonance to this feud. So I'm yeah. feeling pretty invested in it. It's like, yeah, your dad went off with like other boys and now you've got to like <laughs> fight for him. And, you know, they're doing great at it. Fight for you. <laughs> They stole his match. Yeah. Uh, You know, you're right that it's like sometimes it's it's kind of a thing where I'm like, are the guns on the same level as the acclaimed in terms of their presentation in the ring? I don't know, but they're earning the match and therefore I want to see it. And I think that's really fun. I think it's fun to have that sometimes to not have it be like they're they're wrestling legends to have it be right. like no they yeah. built up a real feud based on a on a on a real emotionally resonant idea and we're gonna enjoy it and i feel like i felt like they're just like goofy lightweights for a while but they've been doing such a good job like at being funny and performing like with fdr mm-hmm. and now with this that it's like yeah you guys should be there i'm excited you to should, watch yeah. you they're like, goofy heavyweights yeah right? and they <laughs> are a perfect match for the acclaimed because i think that some in some ways the acclaimed are hard to find opponents for because mm-hmm. you want it to be somebody who like like you want to give them a few like really cha- like a like challenges they'd have to struggle yeah. against mm-hmm. but like the whole acclaimed thing where you just make fun of them it's got to be someone who can take it you know yeah. and there's mm-hmm. not that many people like I don't know it's just like you it's don't harder think to FDR find. did a great job of taking it <laughs> <laughs> I mean you don't think they loved taking it from the acclaimed? Lee's vibe is really, I don't know how to answer that right now. <laughs> I don't care to respond to that at this time. Go on, Leah. Go on. <laughs> I'm just afraid you're going to say that the, that the FTR was taking it from the acclaimed again. <laughs> I won't say it again. I've said it all the times I need to. Do you want it cut from the pod? 
Would you like it to be excised? <laughs> you said that kind of like we all get like five preemptory vetoes. <laughs> <laughs> Stricken from the jury. <laughs> get really it just here. kind of like bottomless vetoes if you're in charge. Delete all of this, Anne. <laughs> and delete all of this, okay? Okay, let's move on to talking about a big money feud, Mox versus Hangman. Last week on Dynamite, beautiful Renee Paquette interviewed Hangman about his relationship with her husband, John Moxley, which is normal and fine. And (laughs) she told Hangman that Mox both despises and cherishes him for pushing him to be better. So that's a hangman character trait. We've heard that from many men. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, hangman said in this interview, both that he has been thinking a lot about how he needs to have some tough conversations to mend fences. And then he, it seemed like almost wanted to say something to Renee to say to Mox. And then was like, no, there was a whole theme of like saying things to people's faces interesting in the in the um shadow of the last year interesting so then this week renee and hangman had another backstage segment in which she asked again what hangman's intentions towards her husband were (laughs) pretty much and he said i must i must fight the man again i have to fight him again next week wheeler yuda showed up and said uh, that Mox will fight him next week, but that Yuda wanted to fight him first on Rampage, which I believe happened. I will say that my uh, TBS app was cutting out quite a bit during the segment, so I hope I didn't miss anything. If I did, you can tell me. Uh, any thoughts on kind of the content of these two interviews? I would say that whatever Renee is getting paid, she should get paid more than that mm. for the way that she is navigating mm. asking <laughs> her husband's boyfriend how he feels about her husband. It's so classic for men to really triangulate their feelings through a woman who's close so to true. them. <laughs> so true, Bestie. We've seen it a million times before. <laughs> think, about, think about Mox telling Renee late at night, just in bed, you know, I both despise and cherish Hangman. Just like, pass that along. I think when she said that, my eyes got as big as quarters. It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I despise and cherish Hangman. Cherish. That's an insane thing to say. When's the only time you ever hear the word cherish? <laughs> I mean, it's a lover or a baby. That's it. <laughs> you know? Absolutely crazy stuff. God bless her. I mean, she is down in for the fences. And she's just unflappable about it. She's yeah. just like, yeah. Tell me Mox about used him. to it. Mox has Eddie. You know, Mox has people that she hates. It's true. Uh, Mox is the person most that's like, yeah, like polyamory is life. Like that is yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah, he's got a husband and a wife. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It is a little bit like her vibe is like he needs these emotional outlets. And it's so, it's healthy. The more connections <laughs> that he makes, the healthier he is. I celebrate yeah. it. And I love yeah. that for her. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you guys think about, I know I just wrote a big paragraph here. It's really hard to sum up. Like there, it feels like there could be a lot embedded in these promos about where Hangman is going and where the Blackpool Combat Club is going, where the elite is going. Did you guys take anything away that you're like, this is what I think is happening going forward? Or do you just feel like we don't know? I mean, I de- like there was a very, very definite, you know, elite Thing, you know, yeah. when she was like, whatever, she, she dropped the word elite and she, he was mm-hmm. like, he what flinched. you just said reminded <laughs> me about m- mending mm-hmm. fences. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I am so happy for him to slow burn that. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, like mm-hmm. I really, I do not need it to happen tomorrow. But if he keeps doing this, where he just keeps throwing me little crumbs where I'm like, yes, I need hung bucks, please. Yeah. For the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been um, good. Sorry, I, no, I just think that, like, everybody p- seems pretty sure that, like, it's going to be BCC versus Elite, which, if that happens, where Heyman will fall is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's been so interesting to watch because I keep thinking that Hangman Mox is about to be over and then they like keep going with it, but they're both bringing out like very good emotional currents in each other, I think. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, keep it rolling. I do think, I do find it, personally, I find it very sweet to think about the Elite and Mox planning storylines. <laughs> <laughs> for their baby hangman. <laughs> yeah, to just be yeah. like, we've got we've to gotta do the, what's best for our babies, so we'll be working together going forward. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really don't know, but uh, I think we're going to get into in this, uh, in this next section, we're going to talk about something else that might impact 
what's going to be going on with these groups. So do you guys have any other final thoughts about Mox and Hangman? Just Hangman that Mox. I would also like Adam Cole to be involved Absolutely. in whatever did, way. Did you see that tweet from, from Brit today where she said uh, she reposted that video, that <laughs> that video of him with the bandana, and she said, she said something like, oh, bandana Adam Cole is back. Y'all are screwed or something like that. <laughs> so cute. And I guess that's like an ROH version of Adam Cole was what people seemed to be thinking was that yeah. bandana. I thought it was kind of a, I called it a free solo Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited to see where Adam Cole is going to end up in this, especially if he is, It's and it really seems like he's going to be a face. Um, mm. if he's a face, but he is dealing with the repercussions of what heel Adam Cole did, <laughs> uh, that's really rich territory. I mean, it just... is so funny to me that ex ex heels almost never have to confront what they've done. No. Other than Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy did <laughs> go on his own little journey. Everybody else is like, oh, I don't know that man. That man was somebody else. <laughs> they do a full like Jekyll Hyde thing where they're just like, that's just another part of my personality. It can't be held to account for. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not my business. Turn that heel dial up till it turn it back down. Not it's Angelus. Deal. It's Angel Angelus. Although he felt mm. really guilty, but still. He felt a lot more guilty than most of <laughs> wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> You all could learn a thing or two from Angelus <laughs> <laughs> or from Angel, I guess. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, let's talk about what's been going on with MJF and Danielson. So I did really didn't want to describe this in our schedule. So Brian Danielson has been fighting men every week so that he can earn the right to fight MJF for 60 full minutes at Revolution. So a few weeks ago, he fought Takeshita and MJF came out and we talked about this threw around some racist insults. So last week while we were out, Takeshita got a promo in which he called MJF a huge asshole and said he'd be watching out for Danielson. And also last week, MJF paid Brian Cage to incapacitate Danielson during their match this week, I think. It was something like that. He was like, I want you to mess him up, basically. Whether you win or not, I want you to mess him up. So Danielson did win, but then Brian Cage was beating him up. Takeshita came out to save him, blah, 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 blah. Backstage, we got a promo. I feel like I'm like the camera's moving around a lot. Backstage, we got a promo where I think Doc Samson was being like, Brian Danielson, you are injured. Your body is broken. You should not be wrestling anymore. And Brian, Brian Danielson, with this little side ponytail that come loose <laughs> in the match, looking really Bam Bam-esque, was like, no one can stop me from wrestling. Not a doctor, not anybody. I will wrestle. I will win. I will beat you, MJF. He, it was really mad. He was really mad. He wasn't happy. And... um. MJF also cut a promo saying that if Danielson doesn't back off, he will, I think, damage him mentally. What did you guys think about about the, about the promo? Kind of about all of it. About all of it. Brian Danielson's eyes in that that Doc Samson promo were wild. They were yeah. terrifying. I was scared. Oh, I okay. also laughed because, like, how many weeks did we say we see Hangman being like, they just won't let me wrestle? Why won't they let me wrestle? And Brian Danielson goes, fuck you. I don't need your okay. I he was really them. channeling all his rage at the WWE doctors that would not clear him for all mm, those years. Yes, yes, <laughs> just yes. like going for it. I have never seen him quite so, yeah, wild eyed. And he was worked up. Yeah. It was and very did- funny with the hair, it gave quite a energy. Yeah. I have to say, I didn't find it that scary, only <laughs> funny, I'm afraid. <laughs> I only found it funny, and I was thinking in the middle, it wasn't in a mad way, really, but I was like, Brian Danielson, like, in his group, like, BCC stuff, I found him scary and good, but every time he has a one-on-one feud, I'm always just like, this isn't quite right he's I think. not I know I was thinking about it today and it's just like he's not very good at like I feel like he loves to wrestle and storylines yeah. are not so much his interest so he's not consistent about them at all because it's very like Danielson like what is your deal right now it's like you know you slap Mox in the face and then like fell to the ground apologizing and took Regal side and we've kind of just pretended none of that happened and you're kind of a face but people are booing you because you're fighting like Takeshita and Bandito and yeah, he's a face who comes out on. of the heel tunnel. It's right. Is he coming out of the heel tunnel? 
the heel screen. Yes. He's still, screen. he's still coming. And he goes the to the screen. heel corner of the he ring, which the- I've always known about. <laughs> <laughs> I've always known about that. What do they do when it's two faces? They just, one of them has to be in the heel corner. Yeah. Oh. But like, then it stops being the heel corner. You don't remember. <laughs> I was going to bring this up later. You don't remember when the Bucks first turned heel, Matt forgot which, which corner yeah, he I had do. to go to. <laughs> and then he tried to tag out. Was it the Lucha brothers? And yeah. They, and uh, yeah. Phoenix was like, yeah, come in, tag me in. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> You're right. I do remember that. And that is a very funny moment. I guess I just didn't really connect it to like, there's always a, he- I don't know. I just didn't really make the connection. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he comes out the, it's so crazy. I was thinking back to like when Brian Danielson first, like kind of turned heel ish against hangman. And I was like, this doesn't really make sense. And it's interesting because now I'm like, you don't make sense as a face either, but for the same reasons, like you're just Mm -hmm. a man who's a little scary and that's not bad. And I think that sometimes when he leans into like, not that, I mean, it's like MJF is the heel here, but like when he leans into his extreme emotions, he enters a, a world that I can't follow him into where I'm like, I don't really know what that's about. Like, I like it when you just are not that happy, but not that emotive about it. Yeah. I think it's not very natural to him to like give a promo. Like I've heard him talking about how like he wasn't a good promo and it's like, he's gotten better, but, and obviously like he's not terrible but it is very it feels very forced I think when he's doing stuff like that I feel like he's at his best when he's like like um being really bitchy um, yes absolutely and when he's being like stern vegan energy I feel like that really Mm -hmm. feels both of those feel very sincere from him and right Um, and some of those remember remember when he was fighting heel Kenny and we thought that he was going to deprogram him Mm -hmm. that was the only time I was really like I love this man. I mean, that was so... We had a great idea there that we just couldn't get through to Tony about. (laughs) He never listens to us. We send him so many messages and we have some really good ideas. And he just... He continues to block our phone numbers. He said we can't send him postcards anymore. We've asked for that direct line. He said, not in a million years, ladies. He knew I was coming to this Lexington show and he was like, yeah, there'll be some men she likes, but they'll all be fighting a man she really doesn't like. So (laughs) she'll enjoy that. We've got to keep her under control. Like, yeah, Brian Danielson will be there, but only under the supervision of Brian Cage. Don't worry about that. (laughs) And I didn't. I didn't notice until I read your notes this morning that it was a Brian versus my Brian match because yeah. none of the let's go Brian ma- uh, chance made it oh, really? until like we couldn't hear <laughs> yeah, it. I don't think it so. wasn't until you said it. I was like, oh, that's real funny. Yeah. That's people were funny. really thought they were getting a real something over by doing a let's yeah. go Brian chant. And I, I like, well, started it, to participate and then I was like, no, I can't let Brian Cage think that I might support him. Oh, I think right, Brian was, Cage knows no so- one is supporting him. <laughs> There was, was a so- man right by me who like hated Brian Cage so much and he just kept yelling hurtful things at him and it was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a shame because it was so funny when they did it to Adam Cole and Adam Page. Like yeah. that let's go Adam mm-hmm. chant was yeah. so funny. But yeah, no, with yeah. the Brian Cage, it's, it's like, time. just to be clear, not you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was so funny that that Sean Ross Sapp this week was like Brian Cage's uh, contract is up soon. And I just was like, I guess he must have resigned because you wouldn't be letting him have so many big matches on TV if he hadn't. But like, do you think that I care about this? Does anybody care about this? I really thought he was gone forever. And it's so disappointing that he's just back now. Like it's so weird. I was watching an old young bucks interview the other, like recently. And they were just like, this was before AEW. They were like, Brian Cage is the most underrated person in wrestling. He's a superstar and nobody, I like, I can't imagine why people aren't scooping on him up. And I'm like, cause he's a charisma vacuum. Aww. Yeah. There's nothing. What, but I understand it's unfortunate because I do think he's a, I mean, I don't know. You know, I never know. <laughs> I think he's a good wrestler. And when I watch him wrestle, I'm often like, yeah, I want to see, you know, a big man wrestle a small man like this but i don't want that big man to have your body and i don't want him to have your face or your personality just your size <laughs> just your the, size and your move set yeah the only good thing brian cage has ever done is when he tweeted ricky starks where's the philly street fight and ricky starks was like in philly you big dumb bitch <laughs> 
so funny. Classic, all time classic. Uh, Brian, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I'm sure you're a nice man in real life. Okay. We don't know about that. We only see what you, what you put on TV. Okay. Let's talk about the women. So I didn't want to do this, huh? We missed, there was a big uh, blood blood match. What is it? Street fight, <laughs> whatever on, uh, on rampage a couple weeks ago. So that was Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale who beat the, the jazz girls. And, uh, there was a lot of discourse about like, sh- did the women bleed too much? Should the women bleed? Blah. Who cares? <laughs> whatever. Idiot. Uh, then last week, uh, Soraya and Tony storm mad about Sheeta's involvement in their loss to Britain. Jamie cut a couple of promos that were aimed at the AEW original slash homegrown, uh, crew. I like that. Like the, um, commentary team also is like, we know those aren't the same thing, but we always have to mention both so that no one like. Anyway, it's just very funny. So they said that the AEW originals and homegrowns have been in a bubble and I guess aren't good at wrestling. So then Tony fought Willow Nightingale and Willow was nice to her, but Tony slapped her. And uh, it was, there was a lot of like Soraya interference. This was kind of considered to be a Soraya heel turn. Soraya's always been a heel, but. Mm -hmm. uh, And she beat Willow up after the match. Ruby ran in to save her. Then this week, Ruby, Britt, and Tony were all supposed to fight, but Britt was injured for reasons that we don't know. So she wasn't in the match. So it was just Ruby and Tony fighting with commentary, I think a little confusingly, trying to paint the portrait of the AEW original versus AEW interlopers storyline, even though Ruby is not an AEW original or an AEW homegrown, but she does for now seem to be siding with them. Uh, And then Britt came out, distracted Tony, Ruby won, she seemed slightly conflicted about it. I'm so sorry about that big lump of text. What do you guys think about all this? Why didn't they replace Britt with Sheeta? Do not know. No, that would have that would have just solved it. That would have just solved it. And you would have been like, oh, Sheeta's Sheeta's the homegrown, you know? Like, (laughs) what are we doing here? Leah, talk about because I know you, I think you agree with me. Talk about what you think with the three of them in the match, the storyline would have been. Well, because I think Brian Alvarez said it, but like I think everybody kind of guesses that Ruby might be turning at some point that like she might end up siding with the WWE girls, which kind of would make sense. Cause she's, you know, not that recent. She's a, she's, we were there old. when she yeah. debuted at yeah. all out. I mean, not, th- not that long ago. So it kind mm-hmm. of would make sense, but this is the thing. Like, this is a good storyline. It is yeah. good. It is interesting. It is good, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is like it has repercussions for everybody. It, there's a way that almost everybody on the women's roster can get drawn in. I just need them to pay a couple, like a little, little extra to the details. Just like take a second, right? Just, because just do this for me. If t- if Tony Ruby and Britt had all been in this match, then I think that the the storyline would have been Britt is clearly an original homegrown. Tony is clearly an interloper who thinks the OG's homegrowns suck. And Ruby is in the middle where she's like, well, those are my friends who I sympathize Mm -hmm. with, but you as the viewer are not completely sure which side she's going to fall on in this, in this, um, uh, situation and this feud, but instead it seemed like they had just kind of shoehorned it to be like, okay, well, we'll just for now, at least, I don't know if it'll change for now, at least we'll just be like, Ruby is, Yes, she's not an original or a homegrown, but spiritually she is. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. It just doesn't work as well. The setup that you had well. would have worked really well. And that's the thing is that like, if they decide later that they do want to have Ruby betray the homegrowns and join the WWEs, it's annoying because she gave like a really sweet promo where she was like, these are my friends. These are the people that I enjoy. Like she gave this whole thing where she was like, I believe in the locker room, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? I don't know. Like it's... it. It'll it'll be annoying to me now if she does yeah. turn heel because it's like, why do we watch anything? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Tony, we can turn off the product. We've said it many times. <laughs> We've said it many we times. We can turn it off. We haven't yet, but at any time we can. At any moment. At any moment, Tony. It's so close to being good. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's the most interesting thing that they have tried to do with the women's division. Yeah. Like in a very, very long time. But all they had to do is put Sheeta in or put Nyla in or put, you know, put another homegrown and have that be the thing. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if, if the originals and homegrown, like if that dichotomy is quite, like, I feel like all the dynamics are working for me really well, where it's like, 
Soraya, like turning, like annoying Cheetah, you know, like they're communicating all those things really well. But then sometimes it just feels like they're shoehorning them into these two categories and it like doesn't, just doesn't quite work too. So I don't know. Well, because I think that what they're really saying, and it speaks to this has been a lot more of an issue in the men's division, but like, it's like what they're actually talking about is the idea of like, do you want to be here? Or do you actually want to be somewhere else? You think of WWE Mm -hmm. as the pinnacle of wrestling Mm -hmm. and you'd rather be there and you want to get back to there, but you can't be there. You have to be here. That's what they're actually getting at, but they're not going to say that basically. So on, on that level, I think that it works pretty well as a concept. And I really like that they've leaned into basically... Soraya's accidental natural energy when she came <laughs> right. into this com- company, yeah. into this company of being like, I'm going to fix this place. And I think she thought it was chill. <laughs> yeah. I think she thought she was coming in as a real face complimenting everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, Everyone's loving this. No, I'm really happy that they are like leaning into like, no, this is a heel energy from her. And we're just going to like follow the crowd here. Yes. Like it, it has been a little bit it felt shaky sometimes. So I'm appreciating yeah. when Tony like lets it ride what's happening. So yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Do you think that we are building to, I know a lot of people have said this to a blood and guts, guts, blood and guts match <laughs> for the girls. Blood and girls. I mean, that, that would be really <laughs> cool. Like if they managed to come up with like, or like a, how <laughs> you wrote this in the n- notes and I don't actually have an answer for you. I don't I remember how 10. many people. I 10. think it's 10. If yeah. they managed to come up with a solid 10 girls that fall on the two, two lines and it makes sense. I will love to see that. Yeah. I would love yeah. it. Like that sounds so fun. I want to see I- go to war. To me, one of the interesting things about this feud concept is that it 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 could, and they don't have to do this, but it could force them to do the thing that I've been begging for, which is heels and faces have to align against a greater enemy. So yeah. it's like mm-hmm. Sheeta and Britt and Jamie and like the Jazz girls all being like, we don't like each other. Yeah. But we don't like those other girls more. Yeah. So we've got yeah. a blood and guts together. Right. I feel like that's really where you can like hit a new level, basically, of characterization is where mm-hmm. people are working with people that they don't respect or agree with and like starting to build out more complicated relationships that aren't just like you bad, I'm good. Like yeah. I, it, it would be interesting for them to have this shared experience going forward in the division. I think it would give them a lot of depth. Yeah. And I feel like they've been doing a good job so far in this. Like I thought Tony and, or not Tony, um, Ruby and Willow were doing a really good job of being like, they had to tag together, but like Ruby was finding Willow's vibe kind of annoying. Like it was just like, <laughs> they were communicating the connection between them like really clearly, I thought. And like yeah. in just, you know, 30 seconds or whatever, which I was enjoying and which we don't often get from the women. So, and I feel like she has been doing a good, I mean, a hammy job, but like, a, you know, it's been a good That's job. That's wrestling, of, baby. Exactly. Like I've been loving it. So, um, yeah. So it's nice to just see like more complicated relationships between these people, like for once. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's talk about, I don't really know how much we have to say about this. Let's talk about the House of Black. I want to lead with something, uh, which is that I do not understand what is happening with the House of Black. I don't at all. And I don't know if they're causing... And then with Eddie and Ortiz too, like, and how I can't follow any of it, which does not seem good. I don't don't know. know. I have no idea what House of Black is doing because I've been tuning them out for so long. I vaguely have been following Eddie and Ortiz, but like, I just keep being like, Okay, I see what you're doing, but it's not going to work. So you shouldn't no. do it. It you know? doesn't make like, sense at all with their characters. Yeah, right. They're doing a storyline where where Eddie is getting out of control, and Ortiz can't keep him in line, and he just keeps getting worse and worse. And Ortiz tries to have interventions, and Eddie is not responding to them. And then it culminated with Eddie hitting Ortiz with a chair. But like the thing is that I'm like, I every reaction to that moment that I saw online was like, did Ortiz deserve it? And it was like, clearly yeah. no, clearly no. But everyone was like, Eddie must've had a good reason. Eddie must've yeah. had a good reason. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with Eddie. Was it Sarah Shockey who was like, Eddie might not, he might like kind of overreact or not respond in the right way, but he's always morally like in the yes. right. And it's like, I feel like that's just, it always feels so true. It's like, 
Yeah, he pie-faced Sammy backstage, and obviously he shouldn't have done that, but (laughs) whose side was I on? I was on Eddie's side. Like, (laughs) Sammy was the asshole, and Eddie was in the right, though, overall. So, yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I think it's right that, um, that that's an intrinsic part of his character. It's the idea that it's like, he's actually, it's like, he's like a hangman character where Mm -hmm. it's like, we're like, he's trying to do good and his instincts are good, but he gets in the way of his own best instincts. And this stuff with Ortiz, I don't really get, and it's like, Ortiz is getting like teased by House of Black or they're like, I keep trying to say cucked, but (laughs) (laughs) House of Black is like trying to goad him and succeeding. Is that what's going on? They're like playing mind games with Eddie, but I have not been able to follow like in what way they're doing mind games because everything House of Black says just like slides right out of your brain because it's like, I don't well, know like, what's happening. House of Black trying to do a mind game is just like, and then I fell asleep. It was like taking melatonin. <laughs> right. Right exactly. Yeah. Very effective. Oh. Sarah has this theory that it's a double fake out that actually Eddie and Ortiz are doing something that is going to sh- surprise house of black and it's gonna have it's santana's gonna come back and so then there'll be a trio that can be in the trios division okay but i'm sort of like well you know sell me on that because maybe yeah (laughs) the the way that's being described to me doesn't sound that good i feel like eddie has to get back to mox because everything he's doing with ortiz has been like so boring and just kind of like it's not working for me at all i don't know i like yeah i like ortiz i consider him the cute one but it's one of the things where i'm like if you are gonna turn if you're gonna if you're gonna turn eddie heel on someone Mm -hmm. ortiz is not compelling enough to turn like you Mm -hmm. could maybe turn eddie heel on hangman you know like he hit hangman with a if hangman and eddie were having a conflict i'd probably beyond hang well yeah i know probably I, I mean, but it's still pretty i'm pretty on right. any side all the but time but i think yeah, we can like, i think we can agree that no, ortiz right. is not compelling no. I, I you know and this is not mean to ortiz but Mm-mm. it's he's, just, he's not a face or a heel he's never told us Mm-mm. i'm sorry he's never sung his desire song okay <laughs> he's never told us this is who i am I, I plant my flag. This is what I stand for. We don't know any of that about him. Yeah. We like knowing, I know that many people in the internet wrestling community don't care, but we like knowing that. And that's what helps us to understand if we're going to think of someone truly as a face or a heel. Yeah. Right? And here he was out like yelling at Eddie being like, we don't hit a woman in our world or whatever. And it's like, oh no, Eddie like held up a chair at Julia Hart, but then he didn't hit her. Like this is wrestling. It happens like care. constantly. I could not give less of a shit about it. <laughs> like this is not working for me. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just see what happens. Let's transition to kind of another part of the House of Black thing because I also don't understand this actually. <laughs> so let's talk about what's going on with Darby and the old TNT title, which mommy loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he fought Buddy Matthews this week. Did he f- Buddy Murphy? Oh, Betty I was Matthews. I was just reacting oh. to the fact that this was another match where I was it's like, Darby and Buddy. <laughs> like, I don't know this man's name. <laughs> um, did Darby, has, so Darby, I know he fought Bronk many times and they death dangled each other. Mm-hmm. So he, and he fought Malachi, oh, in that match too, when Buddy was out. Okay, there. So he, so Buddy, so he challenged Buddy? Yeah, he challenged Stupid. him on Rampage. He did <laughs> this, grading. He did this whole, like, really embarrassing. Like, he was, like, in a bathroom, just, like, with his hoodie up, being <laughs> like, Ugh. So he's, like, doing the open challenge thing that he did the last time, where he's just sort of like, anybody who can fight me, anybody who wants to fight me can fight me. But Buddy, I'm choosing you. I don't know. <laughs> like a Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's what I meant. Okay, but um, okay. So he, for some reason, challenged Buddy Matthews, and they did fight. And Buddy Matthews, he really not anything, huh? <laughs> there is no personality in there at all. No. It's like he's got like he'd probably be cute if I ever saw like a human being looking out from those dead dead eyes, you know. <laughs> but like, it's just there's nothing going on. There's nothing there. <laughs> Poland. Like he, he big, he muscled, he wrestled good, but it's just like he's giving me nothing. Well, 
And then I got online and on Twitter, they're all being like, he don't even wrestle good because he's so, he has too many muscles. So he's Mm. not, he doesn't have the movement anymore. And I thought, (laughs) Jesus Christ, I'll never know. I'm never going to know if they're wrestling. I think I know. And then it turns out I don't. Now you might say like, they could be wrong. You could be right. I guess, but they definitely have more information. (laughs) On this one, I'm not sure. Um, You know, at the end of the day, when you watch Darby, small man, fight anyone, big man, that's going to have its own charms yeah, and delights, right. yeah. regardless of whether the other person has any personality. It's because really, most, there's no bad flavor of ice cream. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to you know, enjoy some it. Some are better like, than others. Right. Though. When Darby's up on the, when he's up on the back and he's clawing and he's scrabbling, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to have your fun. But uh, there's not a lot of there there i would say now after he won against buddy matthews we got a little video video call <laughs> video call from <laughs> samojo video zoomed in he zoom bombed him yeah <laughs> bombed him. and he said um he said that in 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 some places thieves get their hands cut off but he doesn't want to cut off darby's hands he just wants his belt back so he wants to fight again for his belt which they're going to do i think next week in el paso uh thoughts on darby versus joe round three i newly am willing to give samoa joe a chance because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden he sprouted a personality that was mildly interesting so i'm like sure yeah show this to me i don't care i still have a reflexive like it was boring for so long that I'm like, oh no, we're doing this again. So, I mean, it'll probably be fine, but I I was not super excited to see it again. I think it'll be fine. And I like, I've liked watching him fight Darby, big, small, it's a flavor of ice cream, but um, he cannot have that belt back. No, he can't have that belt back. And that's the thing that worries me is I'm like, why are you fighting again to lose again? Yeah. Because if you win, Mama's claws are out and she will have to grow them. They're very short little nails, but I'm going to be so mad. If you take that belt and, and I go back into suck hole where no one has interesting matches with it, Mm -mm, mm -mm. you can't do it to me. I must see interesting matches with the TNT belt. It was so bad for so long that now when they say in a TNT title match, like I'm like, Oh, this again. And then it's like, Oh wait, but it's Darby. Okay. I'm actually excited for this, but it's just like, Oh, I mean, the TNT belt really has not been good since Miro lost it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, Darby has to hold on to it for like six months in order yeah. for it to He's got to cleanse it. Yeah. I yeah. know. And I know that it's like TK likes to pass that belt around, but we really need a period where if you hear TNT belt match, you just know that it is going to be a good match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... I, and this is and part of it was that Samojo was not bringing any personality Nothing. to the table. Mm-mm. Wardlow was actively making me despise him. Like there were <laughs> there were a lot of people doing a lot of bad stuff, but like we need to want to watch those matches for a while mm-hmm. to just get to get back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Oh, and then Ortiz did come out to save Darby at some point, but I, I that just relates to the storyline. I don't understand. Correct. I do. Yeah. I, I mean, so. that was the thing that I was like, why is, why is Ortiz there? Like he, he is also a face paint boy. So <laughs> I was like, are you, are you bonding over liking to do the face paint? I don't know. <laughs> That's not information that I have. I don't know. Oh yeah. Buddy did wear Darby's face paint. Not interesting. Whatever. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're over, but we didn't do an episode last week. So we're talking about one more thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can choose. Because it's either jazz or it's boy door handbook car door. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about jazz a lot and we have not talked about hook boy at all. (laughs) I I believe I called it either hook boy or boy hook is what I called it in my notes. And then Leah said whatever their real name was, jungle hook. And I was like, that's right. Not hook boy. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say before we move on though, about Jericho, because we were in the middle corner when we were chanting Sammy sucks, which was very cathartic to look him dead in the eyes and chant Sammy sucks. got to do that. Felt amazing. Jericho just kept looking at our section with this very like disappointed and disgusted look <laughs> on his face, which was so funny. It was like I was having a blast. It was like it's sports entertainment. He's the greatest. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's a goat. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. Boy door hand, hook car door. <laughs> Let's talk about hook and jungle boy together. 
together in action. Mm -hmm. So they did say initially, they said one night only, but then (laughs) people liked it. So they said, we will bring it back for another night. And they were fighting, uh, was it Ethan Page and Matt Hardy? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On, uh, on dynamite this week. Now, I want to, I don't understand this storyline either. I, I like it, but I don't know what's going on. The audience um, really wants to find a boyfriend for Hook, like quite badly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like that they keep starting and then being like, I don't know if that's really, <laughs> do we want to encourage this or not? But I guess what is the Hook and Jungle Boy must be age appropriate for each other. I assume. I think they must, right? Because Jungle Boy is like 25 and I don't know. Well, I hope they are. I hope it's safe. But uh, (laughs) what do you guys think about their about their little tag team relation? I really need to understand if they've ever had a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, know how to talk. (laughs) (laughs) I it's so disappointing because I do feel like their energies could really work. But like when Jungle Boy gave a promo about it, it was very like I'm confused too. Like we're friends now, but I don't understand why. And it's like. Well, I think I think maybe the two of you together should figure out why and yeah. then like communicate to us like briefly, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz at least Danhausen and Hook had like that whole chip thing going. Yeah. And that was fine. Like <laughs> Jungle Boy needs to find the chip thing. I don't yeah. know what it is, but like you got to give me something. What he doesn't do you know share? how to do that. No. He doesn't know how to do that, guys. <laughs> I love that little boy so much and I love when he comes out but it's like kind of funny sometimes where I just think, oh, you, because he doesn't ever tell me anything about himself. No. And he hasn't this time either. No. But I don't think it's like he's hiding it from us. I think he <laughs> no, just he isn't, doesn't it know. isn't there. <laughs> yeah. He can't he can't show us what isn't there. He's just a beautiful empty vessel. <laughs> well, he has to grow something in his vessel, like mold or something. <laughs> it's not that hard. Mold mold grows every day. It's true. That's so true. Just I'm on to something little, there. Get a little wet and <laughs> let it go. <laughs> <laughs> they are age appropriate, by the way. They're two years apart. They're 23 and 25. Okay. Oh, right. that's totally age appropriate. Yeah. And Dan Housen was was much older than Hook. So there was a problematic element there, I think, for some. <laughs> think Maybe for Tony Khan, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for Tass. I don't know. Tass. <laughs> It's really hard to know who looked at that and said, this has to <laughs> too much. We've Someone got to rein did. in. It was extremely clear that somebody somewhere was like, this won't be happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. Shut it down. The and worm have, is becoming aroused. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say it did. It And it continues to feel like a little bit of an indictment. <laughs> like I feel like somehow I uh, have been implicated. I said, I didn't put them on screen together. Okay. You made the t-shirts. You put them in the ring. You made the t-shirts. I just, I just live here. We just say what we see. Actually, I don't think we even said anything very perverted. No, I think we were pretty normal. Yeah. yeah. We said nice for those who like it. That kind of thing. <laughs> or like they're sweet. No, that's not a problem. None of this is a problem. Um, I don't know. What do you, what would you like to see from, do you think they're going to continue to tag together? And is there anything that you want to see out of them going forward? I mean, it's not a bad idea to make them tag together because the thing is that like neither of them have a personality and neither of them can do a promo on account of a jungle boy doesn't have a single brain cell in his his brain (laughs) and B hook doesn't talk. So like they, I think it's smart to put him with Ethan because Ethan can talk enough for everybody. Yeah. But I don't like at some point, I'm so sorry, Hook, you are going to have to talk. Yeah. You're going to have to be a person. You know what? Actually, I just thought this. So I I listened to a, a romance novel podcast where they talk a lot. I don't like the way that they phrase these tropes. Okay. But I'm just going to say it. They talk a lot about like, they like grumpy sunshine. <laughs> one of them is really grumpy and the other one is really cheerful. Um, but it did just occur to me that it's like the way that you usually make that work in like a rom-com or something is that the the really sweet dummy, the 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 himbo, the golden retriever, just gloms on to the to mm-hmm. the mad boy and is like. Yeah. So fun. We're having so much fun and I just love hanging out and I really like you. And the mad boy is kind of like, I don't know what's happening here, <laughs> which is kind of what they did with Dan Housen, except he was weird, but it's like they, it's interesting and strange that they haven't 
Hook hasn't exactly glommed onto Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy hasn't glommed onto Hook. Mm -hmm. They just happen to be doing things together. It's like one of them has to be the person who keeps showing up. Yeah. Even if the other one is right. It's so Mm -hmm. clearly an arranged marriage. You know, like it's like every right. It's just like all they're like, yes, our fathers put us together and this is what's happening now. Which honestly wouldn't be like a bad way to do it. If no, Taz you're was right. like, someone has to take custody of Hook and like Jungle Boy, you're his like assigned mentor now. <laughs> Not mentor. That's wrong. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you boys are goat. swim buddies. Like, so make sure you don't drown at camp, you know, <laughs> like flag the lifeguard if one of you goes under. Um, yeah. Yeah, there has to be some kind of rationale. and Well, especially because it's like Jungle Boy just lost his mentor. So it's like he's kind of the one who it's like Taz should be like, okay, get over here. You can, yeah, you can buddy right. up with Hook. You guys can yes. keep each other safe. That actually would work that. pretty well. Because Jungle Boy is very bewildered and Hook would like grudgingly be like, fine, you can come to catering and sit with me, you know? Yeah. yeah. And JB must. would be so happy about that. Yeah, right? Like, it's like, I'd love to see JB just hopping around being like, I made a friend. <laughs> hasn't really been his energy. I guess because they want him to be a jungle man. He's not yet. The no. fact is that he is not. No. What if they put the two of them with Danhausen as their assigned mentor and then that was their the third person and then they talked unsafe situation. <laughs> unsafe situation. Did you see that Danhausen did make kind of a bitchy comment about it? No. No. He he retweeted something about it and he was like, "Yeah, Hook is going to tell us uh, tag with the person who stole Hook from me or something like that. Oh, wow. It was something. I forget exactly huh. how he phrased it, but he was like calling out Jungle Boy for stealing Hook. Actually, oh. it would be very funny if Taz was like, Hook, you need better friends. You're not going to hang out with Dan. <laughs> You're going to hang out with <laughs> Jungle Boy. You need someone. Okay, <laughs> boys. No more freaks in my house. <laughs> if anyone's coming at Thanksgiving, that's, yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's, uh, any, anyone have anything else to say? That's great, because I think that's enough from us. I, this week, have been Allie. I have been Anne. And this week, I've been Leah. Perfect. And this week, this has been Tunnel Talk. <laughs> our show is produced by Marjorie Voinovich. Our theme is by Chris Gorkin. You can find us on Twitter at Tunnel Talk Pod, via email at tunneltalkpod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, come on back next week. <laughs> <laughs>